Hey there, welcome to the Excedra Show. I'm Chris Pugh. Got Paul, it's Paul, Joe Frost with me. Sorry about that, Joe. Hmm. How are you, <laughs> Yeah, I'm here. Paul is not. Yeah. Paul had a little bit of time. He's got some uh, some schoolwork things that he's working on, trying to like better himself or whatever. So uh, I, I'm it's just me. I, I'm so sorry. I'm not anti-school, but I, I haven't had a chance to go back to school. And Paul's getting smarter. I don't feel like I've gotten smarter recently. Uh, bravo to Paul. Yeah. He also reads, which was yeah. a big barrier to uh, wanting to go back to school at this point because I'm not interested in reading. I'll be honest. Unless we ridicule the fact that he reads, I definitely want to bring it up on the Excedra show. But I'm not sure if it fits our... Or <laughs> the direction we go because we can't just sit here and say, "Wow, Paul, you read. We love you." You know, it's more of what's right? wrong with you, Paul. You know, what's wrong with you with your reading? Ugh. Now he's doing great, and we're proud of him. And yeah, try, we'll try to make room for him to, to uh, do those things if he needs to, and keep him yeah, definitely, still definitely. Uh, a part of everything. So, well, we, all we love you, stuff. Paul. Come back soon. You've been doing the theater thing, and on occasion, I just fall asleep at night and never wake up. You know, well, so, you know these are all good. things that happen, really. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, let's talk about. I gotta confess, past couple of weeks, I, I I throw out some serious stories at you, and I want to make up for this. Mm-hmm. Well, we gotta talk about idiotic stuff that we can make fun of. So, first of all, and this was actually kind of a big story in the regular news today, this week. Um. This guy, he's a Maryland guy, Mr. Dave Bennett. He got the first heart transplant from a genetically modified pig. And they say he's recovering well. Everything's good. Uh, Joe, when I first saw this, I, I, there's like, I thought I was reading the National Choir. I'm like, there's no way this is right. But that's what's happening. That's I kind of felt the same way. Like, this can't be real. And what do you mean genetically modified pig? But apparently, while they've been doing a bunch of experiments, you know, bringing in, uh, doing pig heart transplants into baboons or something like that, they were doing it. While they were doing that, they were identifying the genetic codes that would mean the interspecies transplanting of hearts and and, uh, 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 organs would be more likely rejected. So they could adjust those genetic material, those codes, so that it was easier for a human to accept a pig heart. And I think the goal is still that ultimately he's, they want him to get like a normal human heart. Like that's the goal eventually. But uh, for now, he is living with a pig heart. So you can't have a pig heart for your whole life, right? I I mean, we haven't done that. This is groundbreaking that we've gotten this far that he's living with just a pig heart operating his body, period. And they're happy with it because apparently, you know, they were expecting to keep him on life's, you know, life uh, sustaining machines or whatever for another couple weeks. But he's already off of those things. So this is like a huge step. For us to be able to modify, you know, organs for use for transplants. Before we get silly, I, I got to drop a, a, what do you call it? A, a warning. Mm-hmm. I, I'm happy it's going well for Dave Bennett. I hope everything goes well. I hope yeah, he survives. Yeah, rock on, Dave. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean we're not. We're, I'm not gonna say he should die or something. I, I'm kind of. I don't, it kind of makes me think. If you have a pig heart, mm-hmm. does that instill any pig-like elements into your body? Yes, yeah, so I don't think we're looking at like a, a a mutant kind of situation here, where we're we're creating new superheroes or supervillains. Right. Uh, I think we're just talking about something that's barely keeping this dude alive. Okay. <laughs> I don't think other. He can't smell out truffles or anything like that. Okay. I don't think. So if this continues, because, I mean, that'd be kind of cool, but I don't know if that actually works right now. Well, like I'm thinking ambles. Like probably a cat brain wouldn't help you, or a cat heart. A cat brain? Else. Yeah. Yeah, probably not. No. It could be like a brain transplant. Like could they? <laughs> I who knows what would happen if you did that with a brain. Yeah, see, I, I one of the things come. in the article it it talked about was they had to be careful about how about the heart and the genetic changes they were making so that the heart didn't get too big because the pig was growing, reached okay. a certain size, and then they removed the heart and used it for this purpose. But like the pig's heart could get bigger, so they wanted they had to gen- engineer it so that the heart would stop growing while it was inside Dave. Otherwise, it would continue to grow and cause problems for Dave. Again, we want Dave to be okay. What if Dave starts oinking? I mean, this is groundbreaking. What if? if? Because if we don't do this, Dave's probably not around right now. So I guess, hey, pig heart's been no heart at all. But, man, what could end up happening? I I was kind of fascinated by all the... Weird things so you're worried that happen. he's going to start taking on pig-like tendencies, like the desire to wallow in like, right. mud and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, and like if you have like a cat heart or a cat brain, can you leap really high or something? Or you know, <laughs> yeah. I think you would need cat muscles at that okay. point. You would need. That's those are the operative uh, elements that would actually make that possible. Also, I think a cat brain is way too small to operate a human body. Okay. Yeah, because I'm kind of wondering, too, if we could have animal reflexes into people, Sure, wouldn't that be okay? Like, right now, this pig heart's keeping this guy alive. Great. Right. We're not making fun of the guy. But, you know, if, if I can... We're taking this to an absurd level where now right. we well, are I mean, taking any, any useful... Right. skills off of an animal implanted in a human right. making them be able to swim as fast as fish or run like cheetahs are are we talking about needing a different kind of special olympics at that point yes yes Do because you know the, the, the genetically modified house. olympics the gmos right. genetically modified olympics in well, order to accommodate the uh the new special abilities and you can sum my series for just a split second. We're not making fun of transgender people, but you know, there's a big debate right now. Should transgender people be in the Olympics? Well, let's take that a step further. Is like people <laughs> with take, fish. Why are we taking it a step further? <laughs> because that's the extended show. Is that <laughs> taking things a step further? Right. That is the new tagline for the Etcetera show. The Etcetera show taking things. Right. Another step further. Right. Because I don't think you necessarily need a cat brain or a cat heart to jump high like a cat, but you no. know, maybe I don't like think a that small either. tendon from the cat's leg or something that you insert in your leg or something like that. I don't know. I, I, 
we're creating a weird society, man. I mean, again, glad the pig heart works. And, and initially, they're only trying to do things that are prolonging the life of humans in a an emergency situation and not just a doing genetic modification for special capacities. So we're just trying to save lives because there's something like 100,000 people on organ donor transplant lists right. at any given time. And every year, about 6,000 people pass away waiting for uh, organ transplants. But so there's know, just not enough human donors at this point between the people who, who don't want to donate their stuff and the people who then, you know, something happens to them and whatever they were willing to donate is now no longer useful or it can't get to the person that they that need it in time. But like when pro sports teams start flashing out money and everything and they start, you know, <laughs> doing huge studies to see if that'll work. Joe, we're 20 years away from something crazy, man. It's going to be wild in 20 years. So there's going to be a whole class of cat people yes, yeah, for exactly. whom they will have these extra human capacities. Yes. But now we're entering, though. I think, you know, we've we've been treading the waters of how do humans treat mutants for a good, you know, 40 years or so. So I think we've got a head start on that conversation. Well, it wouldn't just be um, altering your body to do superhuman athletic things. Like a dog. If you had, like, a dog's head, a heart or a dog's brain, yeah. you know, dogs are man's best friend. They're loyal. They're, I mean, good night, you know? Could you imagine that? Like, if your wife's like, man, Joe's not being loyal to me. Or Joe's not being friendly enough. Man, they, they insert a dog's heart in you. Man, Joe would be the most loyal, friendly person in the whole world. Probably. Well, now we're talking about doing this to people against their own free will. And that's yes. like a whole other conversation. But if it helps you, I mean, look. <laughs> does it help me or does it help the other person? Like, well, I mean, you know. You <laughs> that nice was person, really just right? helping my wife. And I don't know if, you know, I, I think I still have some measure of choice in this whether or not right. I want well, to I'm not saying you're a monster I'm just saying if uh, well, let's not use Joe's name like person X you know is a just a bad person you could make them okay like maybe you do that in the prison you make these um, hardened criminals into loyal softies oh uh, man Ooh. yeah man <laughs> yeah, this is a, now we're entering conversations that I believe that Nazis had yeah, yes, that at true. some point they were trying to genetically modify people. But, but we're not basing this on a race. We're basing this on, yeah, you know, I mean, do it for everybody, you know. Do it for everybody. Yeah, because everybody like the, who's the in prison. But now we've arranged the laws about who goes to prison based off of who we right, want to genetically right, modify. Right, yeah, most of our prisons are for profit, so that's a problem too. Yes. There's a there's a there's a whole set of ramifications here that I think that we're not we're not prepared on the et cetera show to really debate. And good thing we got five topics because I'm sorry to that little warning <laughs> light that started to go. The, uh, <laughs> the conversation yep. down that trail really it took a left turn yes. somewhere and it's like yeah, but I mean, in the meantime the uh, like in the meantime like we're excited for uh, what was his name Dave David Bennett. yeah David Bennett. That, you know, this has happened for him, that he was willing to go through with this process, because I think it is a nice step forward for, um, you know, for people who are in desperate health situations, uh, even though now people who are advocates for animal rights are not really 
thrilled with this prospect. Yeah. 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 So I and, guess and at every level, there's lots of conversations to be had here, but as a scientific discovery, it's a pretty exciting and interesting um, uh, threshold to cross. Yeah. And, and to be serious for a second, obviously we want to be okay, but two, it's like anything else. Yeah. What we're talking about is kind of on the ridiculous side, but hopefully science doesn't go too crazy with that. I mean, I'm all for science. I'm all for, you know, finding good stuff. But, you know, this could go into weird directions. So hopefully hopefully we're able to control that a little bit, you know. So I don't know. I've said it before. It's failed. But we'll try this again. Um, all right. Well, <clears throat> here's my favorite story of the week. I'm not sure why I put this number two. I should put number one. No, we um, had a good warm-up with Dave. Yes. Oh, yeah. We like food stories. We like buffets. I think we've talked about buffets a couple times. Um, mm-hmm. I remember a couple weeks ago, right before Thanksgiving, some guy was, was he like arrested for eating at some Indian buffet or something? Or, and then we talked about, um, you know, what happens if on that buffet that's your Thanksgiving table, what happens if someone eats too much? Do you tell them to calm down? What do you do? Well, there's this young woman. Uh, who Joe um, ate 32 rolls of sushi at a buffet. Are, are you a sushi person? I, I've never ate sushi before. I'm not much of a sushi sushi person. I think the, uh, the texture of food that I don't really care for would be, as I describe it, squishy. So yeah. that sushi tends to fall into that category. I've had a couple kinds of sushi that were where the the fish inside were cooked um i don't know if that's a common thing or not or if that was just a rare thing i came across but i enjoyed those i uh keep telling myself i need to keep continue trying it i had somebody tell me once that you have to go you have to do it like four or five times before you really get a taste for it and it's like why would i want to eat something that i don't like five times that's she posted a story on uh, TikTok, and I'm trying to figure out what's the equivalent of 32 rolls of sushi. Like, how many pieces of pizza is that? How many hamburgers is that? Because I'm trying, I mean, that sounds like a lot of food, but I'm trying to figure it out. It does. It sounds like eating two large p- pizzas at a time. Like, I'm, I wonder what the equivalent is, you know? A sushi roll is about four inches long. Okay. So maybe if you compare, so, you that. know, yeah, it's you know about that big around, you know, maybe a size of a half dollar around, okay. and four inches long. So maybe a comparison, probably not a great one. So if there's thirty-two of those, like that's, you know, a, a sausage link. Well, isn't that kind of like if you, like a big foot long at Subway has twelve inches, so. Right. But it's, it's not that like big, eating... not that thick around. Okay. So, but, so it's almost like but three of those thick. would be what, 12, 12 inch long. Yeah. Sub. So in essence, I like bet you... you if you stacked up two of those, so if you had six instead of three, I bet you that would be pretty close. Well, you say it's wise. thicker than like a subway. So it'd no, be like not... you. No. Oh, it's, it's thinner a... than subway? Yeah, a subway? A subway is, you know, that big around. Right. Right, and we're talking like that, big around. So it's about okay. half. I would. I'm. I'm just guessing, so I'm going to say 
six sushi rolls might be equivalent to a 12 inch sub. All right. So in and this maybe, sushi- maybe our people who are listening are going to like, you're a mad person. You have not eaten enough oh, sushi to know what you're talking about. And I would say you're probably right, but I'm just guessing right now. I'm looking at pictures and trying to uh, uh, make a guesstimate. So I'm guessing it's roughly like eating eight to 10 foot longs at Subway in a single city. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out a rough estimate of what eating 32 sushi rolls is like. Which sounds kind of crazy. And she's not a big girl. Like sometimes like we joke about, you know, the people who eat a ton are like, you know, huge. She sounds reasonable size. So she, she eats 32 rolls of sushi. She ends up in the hospital. Thankfully, she's okay. Like Dave Bennett didn't have to put a pig heart in her. But right. she's like, I definitely do it again. Here's well, I, she said she would eat sushi again, not that she would eat that many. But wouldn't that kind of ruin you? That's eating. That's eating over five foot long subs. I've overeaten at pizza like buffets in my life, and yeah, I've gone back and I've done it again. But there have been times where I've taken months off, thinking this is ridiculous. I eat way too much. I'm not yeah. doing this again. But she's like, yep, yeah, I'm okay. Maybe I only eat 32, but I'm coming back. I mean, if you yeah, end up in the I mean, but she, well, it wasn't even just the 32, right? It was, it was 32 sushi rolls, four gyozas, one bowl <laughs> of edamame beans, and two jalapeno poppers, and a bowl of miso soup. Wow. So, I don't even know what a gyoza is. I'm going to look that up. She said her stomach and chest. Pot stickers, Japanese pot stickers. Fried dumplings. I've never heard them called that before. They're just dumplings to me. So, she went over to her boyfriend's house after the meal. And she stays over. She wakes up at 6 a.m. Her stomach and chest had intense pain. It was hard for her to take deep breaths. So they drove her to the hospital, and she was diagnosed with GERD, which is gastroesophageal reflux disease, which sounds awful. Gastroesophageal reflux disease. GERD, which I yeah. think is just an amazing, like, onomatopoetic sound for a word to describe this. I feel like I've had GERD before. She would probably impress people at parties. Just from like, the sound of the word, it sounds like I've had that before. Like, usually when you're at a party, you introduce yourself and say, hey, here's what I work, here's what I do. But, you know, if she was, like, I've throwing had out... Yeah, if she threw out her diseases, she's like, hey! I have, I've had GERD from eating too much sushi. Oh, yeah, man. Everyone would be like, man, you are awesome. That's a great story. You know, tell me more. You're just <laughs> talking about, like, advanced level acid reflux is what this is. Chronic got, or significant after acid reflux. You know you're living your life right when you don't wake up with severe chest pain. I mean, that's not good after you eat a lot. Right. I mean, that's just way too much. But again, we're talking about this. The problem is being the all-you-can-eat buffet. And the psychological components of paying fifty dollars a person to sit at an all you eat all you can eat sushi buffet is that you absolutely are there to try to punish the store that is giving out yes. an all you can eat ticket. Like I'm gonna get fifty dollars worth 
I don't care what I have to do. I'm getting everything I can get out of this $50. And that's a poverty mentality that you go into. You know, it's why people who are struggling financially uh, usually also have, you know, issues of weight and health because they are right. constantly thinking of how much food can I get for the least amount of money, not what food is good for me and what food is going to eventually kill me. We talk about I have world. this problem all the time. <laughs> we talk about the rule government should have. Uh, Jim Gaffigan had a really funny joke once. We were just talking about, you know, it, it's so cheap to eat like crap, you know, and yeah, you know, if you eat good, you know, it costs you too much. Maybe the government's got to regulate, you know, hey, good food's cheap, you know, double the cost of McDonald's. Or, you know, make it where you don't want to eat crap anymore, you know? Taxing bad meat. Yeah. And, and lowering the price of salads and everything. Like, you know, maybe, yeah, I guess we're getting to socialism again. But, you know, if you say salad. It's well, we subsidize things like oil and corn and yeah, soybeans and all kinds of stuff like that. So no, it's cheap. So why don't we right. subsidize things that are better for us? I would just think, and you're right, there's a difference between eating one sushi roll and going crazy at buffet. Right. If I'm eating sushi, I'm ending up, and you know, we've all had stomach aches after we ate too much. Sure. But she's had GERD. I mean, the symptoms, <laughs> nausea, vomiting. She had GERD. Yeah, once you have GERD, <laughs> I've been looking at a sushi roll going, ooh, that's kind of gross. You know, if that makes you do that and again, right? It's, it's so, sort of this much. the same kind of like uh, right. uh, avoidance thing that you would had if you had binged on too much alcohol of a particular type. You know, if you've had bad nights of vodka drinking, then you usually don't want to drink vodka for a really long time. You have an aversion to it at that point. Yeah, I had a guy who was drunk hit my family, and thankfully everybody's okay. But I avoided that intersection where it happened for a while. You know, oh, I, like, oh, I year just under a year ago, I got into a car accident in like three blocks from my house. Uh, somebody run a red light and and sort of blindsided me. Actually, they actually got in front of me, zipping really quickly. I had a green light and was coming through, and um, yeah, uh, I still to this to this day, it's not even a full year yet, but I hit that intersection and I am looking both ways right. 15 times before and the slow down my my children are always like dad why do you slow down at this intersection you were not here when i got hit right <laughs> and that's like our that's like our gird and i don't mean to you know throw a super serious mode into it but the poor girl's getting nausea vomiting you know she's in severe pain when she wakes up i mean i was in pain you know we talked about that a week or two ago when i had this weird rash on my leg I, I mean, I'm not avoiding anything because of that, but still, I mean. You well, did know, you ever get a diagnosis of what caused that? I actually, sure? I was actually a dermatologist. They didn't know. Yeah. They usually, they take a skin biopsy where they cut a little bit of your skin off. Right. They're like, hey, we don't need to do that. Your rash is a lot lighter, and I don't even see it anymore. Yeah, it's, I, gone, it's gone down enough that they don't feel like they have to do any type of medical intervention in order to. And I got to admit, I've forgotten to take medicine half the time. It's still going down. Yeah, uh, I don't feel pain, so it, it's been good. It was scary for a while, but 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 the doctor said so. It's like, hey, was it because of the COVID booster shot? She's like, I don't know, but it's better that you don't know. It's a good thing that if I didn't know, it was really bad. So I'm like, all right. 
Very good. And walked out. But what I'm saying is, like, with that girl, her GERD is she's got severe pain. I mean, it sucks to be in pain. Um, But she's, you know, that's got to be a good advertisement for the sushi industry. I guess. If someone's having GERD and they're still coming back, they should sign her up for sushi's so good, even the GERD won't stop you. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Hi. What's her name? I, I, Uh, I don't know. Janet. No, I'm really that's not right. Danielle Shapiro. Yeah, and, and she's pretty popular on TikTok from what I see. Hi, I'm Daniel Shapiro from TikTok. The sushi's here so good. I got GERD and I'm coming back. <laughs> I wake up the next morning, severe nausea. Her new, t- new TikTok handle is GERD Don't Stop Me. Yeah, my boyfriend and grandma had to drive me to the hospital. I didn't care. I'm Battle back. of the GERD. Yeah, and and she's like, look at me. You know, she's not a, a billion pounds. She's like, hey, I'm not I'm now with shape. 20% more GERD. Yeah, it's probably the vomiting. You know? I mean, she's not intentionally doing it. It's super just she gets sick. Whole thing is super gross, man. I don't use yeah. GERD as a word. It's no, so foul. Yes. <sighs> yeah. Well, Danielle, best, to, best of luck to you. You go have some more sushi to wash down that GERD if that's what you need to do. Definitely, definitely. Hey, uh, another thing going on. I like movies. Um, I like anything music related. Um, I watch. Have you watched that um, Beatles Get Back thing? I absolutely have. I've signed up for all nine hours of that. Yeah, I I just like, I'm not even a huge Beatles fan. I just like the background. I want to, you know, see how these musicians put stuff together. That's what. That's what really caught me about the whole thing. It was just watching the creativity at work and what what oh, yeah. made creativity in this environment. And, you know, there parts of it were really exciting and encouraging me to hear the guys go back and forth and say, no, what about this? But what about this? But at the same time, there were still those infuriating parts whenever, you know, Ringo and George are just having a conversation over on the sign Meanwhile, um, Paul McCartney is just out of nowhere writing the song Get Back. He's just writing it. Just He's got a bass, and he just starts plunking away and starts... Oh, yeah. And, like, while everybody else is just, like, having tea. And you're like, what? Did he just write Get Back out of the middle of nowhere? Get, right. get out of here. That's crazy. So, he's just t- a genius. Yeah, any type of music docs I'm into. I'm even into the goofy music music biopics. Like, uh, they have one about Queen with Freddie Mercury. Uh, they have one about Elton John. And those aren't always true. They, they take liberties. But I'm down. You have a good music biopic. I like the, the, the Elton John one. I liked it a lot because it messed stylistically with film. It wasn't just a straight biopic. And sometimes... Right the visual elements sort of illuminated the song in a new way instead of just being a straight realistic biopic. I I was more interested in that than I was in the Bohemian Rhapsody one. Yeah. And this, and this is how much I like music biopics. Funny or Die this week has announced they're doing a weird owl biopic. And apparently it's going to be a full length movie. If I recall right, or maybe it's a short movie. No, they're doing this tongue-in-cheek because Weird Al's Weird Al. I mean, this isn't going to be as intense or serious as Beatles Get Back or 
you know, the Queen movie or the Elton John movie. But Joe, sign me up. I mean, I don't oh, think absolutely. Weird Al is a, as legitimate a musician as some of these other people are, but man, I'm down. And it's on Roku, so if you have a Roku, I think you'll watch it. I don't think it's in the theaters. I mean, I'm in. It'll be great. No, absolutely. I'm a huge Weird Al Yankovic fan. Um, going way back. That was through those early years in the 80s. Like, Weird Al Yankovic was some of the stuff that I, I really gravitated to and in a lot of ways because there wasn't a lot of popular music in my parents' house. <clears throat> we didn't listen to the radio much. We didn't do much with popular music. That was how I heard Queen for the first time. That was how I heard you know, all these rock songs for the first time. I think I probably started hearing more pop music once we got to like Beat It and Thriller and that type of stuff when Weird Al started doing those. But those those earlier Weird Al albums, like the 70s rock and roll stuff, my first exposure to most of it was through Weird Al Yankovic. So um, they've got Daniel Radcliffe tapped to yeah, play I was Weird Al. Say, I don't know your thoughts throughout your life, but I'm sure you haven't thought a lot about who would play Weird Al in the biopic. Not but even now once. they announced, yeah, Daniel Radcliffe. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's okay. I mean, I, I don't know who else they could have gotten. And I think it's going to be a little bit tongue-in-cheek, so you're it's, not getting somebody yeah. super famous. <clears throat> it's so hard to say what it's going to be. Like, Because Funny or Die, this whole thing could be a joke. Right. You know, this could be a... a um, a three-minute video that they produce and put on Funny or Die, like we don't even know. I think you, because you, especially if it's a smaller project, the Funny or Die is capable of getting legitimate, you know, bankable movie stars to do really, really minor things. But <clears throat> I don't know if it's something that they really legitimately want to do a, a film about his life. Well, seems like Daniel Radcliffe was as good a pick as any. I think he could play it, depending on how serious the whole story got. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to want to do a legitimate, you know, point by point of his life biopic, or if the whole thing will have a. I, I think a, it's going to be reasonably tongue in cheek, kind of tone. It's I don't know. I don't. Will it be UHF? I don't know. I mean, I think it's going to be very tongue in cheek. I mean, maybe, you think it's more likely to be like a drunk history kind of yeah, portrayal? Yeah. I, I read something in the story I sent you about how there's, some people feel Weird Al makes up all his stories about girls he's dated and stuff like that. So there might be some of that. And it's funny or die. I mean, you know, they've done... Um, um, what am I saying? Uh you know, they've done goofy stuff. I mean, funny. I mean, most it. of the stuff they do is goofy and, and right, web right. video type of stuff. Right. I don't know that they've produced anything full length. Yeah. So, yeah. but you never know if they turn the corner and say, "No, we want to do this because Weird Al is a uh, uh, what sort of a a hero, a what a uh, a mainstay of the people who are in the." the spoof, the comedy type of community, everybody knows Weird Al. So they'd have a lot of respect for him and would absolutely be willing to put up the money to do a legitimate story of his life. So who knows? 
Or it could be like a 20-minute little doc or whatever. I mean, it could be anything. It could be much like an episode of Drunk History. We just don't know. I I, I mean, that's a comedy uh, show, but but something along those lines. I noticed, um, I don't know if you ever saw it, because I'm not even sure where it was on, but Lifetime uh, had a spoof-type deal they did with Kentucky Fried Chicken. Because, you know, they were going through various um, spokespeople. So they had Mario Lopez playing a sexy, you know, uh, Colonel Sanders. And they did like a three-minute lifetime murder mystery spoof with Mario Lopez being the um, Colonel Sanders. Playing Colonel Sanders. Yeah. Not to talk about it's hard to say. Who knows what this thing is going to be? My wife liked a lot of Lifetime movies. I showed it to her, and she got mad. She was like, (laughs) I'm like, it was produced by Lifetime. They're in on it. It's not like... They know lifetime what they like, make. No, Come on, yeah. they're lifetime. They they yes. know. And you know, you spoof yourself. Bravo the lifetime for spoofing themselves. So, uh, yeah, I I'm interested to see what it's about. I mean, I'm into the biopics. Uh, it's gotta be somewhat funny. I mean, if if Weird Al's getting all serious, I'm not sure if I'm into that. But it's weird. Well, Al. I mean, I don't what know if any of his real story is like real tragic, but right. I think there are serious and dramatic moments. I know that he um, really got himself in hot water for a little while with, um, oh gosh, Gangsta's Paradise with uh, Coolio. Yeah. When he spoofed that and did Amish Paradise, Coolio was not thrilled with that. The way that he got the rights for that, Coolio was not aware that he was doing it and really took the song to heart as a very meaningful expression of how he felt about the, where he grew up and the way that he grew up. And it was very serious to him. So seeing the Amish paradise spoof, he felt really disrespect respected in that. So I know that there's been times where there's been tension and animosity between him and some of the stars that he spoofed, even though the stars most of the time sign off on it. There was a band from Pennsylvania. They toured nationally, um, but it was weird. It wasn't a well-known band. Uh, there was a Christian, like, Weird Al-type band called Apologetics. That was mm-hmm. a thing for a while. And they would literally do what Weird Al does, take these rock and pop songs and make them their own. And, you know, instead of just being goofy, they tried to make it a Christian song. It, it was very strange. And I remember seeing the um, band live once with one of the concerts. It's very weird when somebody's like doing a Van Halen cover followed up by Eminem cover. It's like, okay, if you want to be a cover band or if you want to try to do the Weird Al thing, do the same type of songs. Don't go from hip hop to heavy metal. It it just seemed like weird. It was, Hmm. it, it didn't flow too well. But I mean, they were weird out, but you know, they just tried to make um, everything in the Christian songs, right? It, it was weird. Like, it had the beat of the regular song, but I, I don't know. It, it, it didn't work out too well. My apologies. I used to interview them all the time for like uh, columns I wrote and everything, but it, it just, it was strange. They seemed like good guys. I just didn't know if I understood what they were going for <laughs> with that. So, um, yeah, hey, you wanted to tell a story, and 
Joe, I want to get your uh, input into this and tell me what you're doing. Uh, we're all gaining weight with COVID. Um, when I was in the ER the other week, I haven't weighed myself for a while because I'm a little nervous. Um, mm-hmm. I want to reveal how much I weigh. How, how do I say this? Um, it was high. Probably a bigger... It was higher than you wanted it to be. Right. Think of the weight of a bigger tight end. It was about that weight. Like, I wasn't Kevin Dotson big or Trey Turner big. Uh, maybe uh, Eric Ebron big. Or, uh, you know what I mean? In terms of weight, if you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, right? Um, so, I'm telling my wife, I'm like, man, I got I to start walking again. Um, wife wanted me to go to the mall and become a mall walker. Uh, but my fear is... Well, it's winter. Yeah. Well, that right. for one. But secondly, I didn't... Like, if I just walked, you know, you could go slow. You could just mosey around. The thing I like about the a treadmill is it pushes you a little bit more. So I, I, I took advantage in Westerville, uh, nearby town where I live. Uh, they have a Planet Fitness. So I checked it out. It's not bad. Have you ever tried Planet Fitness before? I have I have not. No. I have a couple of friends that use the Planet Fitness that's actually only a couple of blocks from my house. But uh, I have not partaken at all. It's not bad. Ten bucks a month. Um, you know, so you can get fit for a cheap price. Uh, they got weights there, they got um mm-hmm. you know, treadmills. They have spacing where they close every two treadmills between each one that's working. So, you know, your, your distance, you know, they have yeah. the rules in place. It seems to be pretty clean. Uh, it, it just feels weird. Um, I have to start working at 8 each morning, so I'm like getting up at 6, driving there. It's like a 10-minute drive and driving back and everything else. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's worked out. Um, getting a little nervous because I gained weight and trying to get, get the weight off. I don't know. Yeah. Well, kudos to you to doing something about it. You know, that's that's a big step, actually getting up and trying to do something about it. And it's inconvenient to go to another place to do it. But right. it's definitely safer, especially during these winter months, when you are somebody who is not particularly in shape or not used to a lot of physical activity. Going out and doing that in extreme cold weather is not a good idea. So... Well- and we it's good s- to be in a gym where there's other people around. If there were to be, if there were to be issues, we're not young men anymore. So, yeah. <laughs> so Megan, pick us up. It'll be great, right? I, I will give advice. Um, I used to be listening to podcasts as a walking guy. Yeah, it took forever. Like I used to try at least get a mile in. I, I felt like I was just walking forever. I kept looking down at my watch and. You know, you can see how, how far you walked. I was listening to a podcast with Talking Heads lead singer David Byrne. I, I think that's what you say. Byrne, yeah. Burn. yeah. And, <clears throat> very interesting. Enjoyed the podcast. Enjoyed him. But it's hard to be motivated. So today I just pumped in some music and worked out really well. So. Yeah. I mean, David Byrne <clears throat> is a fascinating human being. But his, right. his de- tone of delivery and pattern of speech is not necessarily uh, motivating. Right for a, a, an exciting workout time. <laughs> so here's my advice: work like as you're sitting here working. Um, you know, I'm working from home. Listen to your podcast then, and then as you work out, pump in whatever music motivates you. So it should be good. 
Yeah, so, so I don't know if you're like I am. Whenever I was, I've done that type of walking before. Um, finding music that is, fits the tempo at which you want to walk. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I have years of marching band um, training beat into me where I walk at the beat of the song, for mm. the most part, and so I have to be careful about the slow burn songs that like start off real slow or whatever, right. and then speed up. Yeah, those don't work. I need to have the ones that are that match that, and I also walk pretty quickly. <laughs> so, talking so, heads, yeah, yeah, really need to. Talking heads still does stuff uh, right now. I felt old. Well, he talk, does. Yeah, I don't know if the band really does much of stuff, but he does a lot of stuff. He's got a show on Broadway right now. Yeah, I actually. Is that what they were talking about? American Utopia. Yeah. Well, well yeah. He, was, he was on. SNL, and then he yes. was on uh, Stephen Colbert, like, back-to-back. Like, it was yeah. within two weeks. And, yeah, I thought it was interesting. Very... It's on... It's also on HBO Max, I believe. If you have HBO Max, the whole okay. show is on that. Okay. And it's those those SNL performances. It's that same group of people, and the, those two songs are from the show. Oh my gosh, the show is so good because there's a lot more narrative that fits into the show because he's got a little bit of stuff that he likes to talk about politically and social justice kinds of things um, that that thread through this list of songs that are talking head songs and a couple of originals that are just him solo artist and I think one or two things that he's developed with this international group of performers. And we've taken more interest in him personally because of... Um... Oh, what is it? oh, um, he has autism. It doesn't yes. seem to be seems to be a milder case of autism, mm-hmm. but um, with us having a couple of kids who are autistic, I know you just you stumble across something you want to hear more from and listen and he, to more. And yeah, when you, you, when you think about Talking Heads music in terms of him as one of the creative driving forces of it being autistic, you're like, oh my gosh, all of their music now makes so much more sense. Yeah, yeah, like these are the things that fascinate him, and these are the the ways that he processes information and the way he groups things, you're like, oh, okay, that, yeah. When you're trying to just listen to it next to other eighties music and you're like, I don't even know, where do you even start to try to make a song like this? But then you realize that that's how he processed things mentally and his creativity comes from that. Then you're like, yes, this makes much more sense. And seeing the whole presentation, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just very quirky. Ooh, yes. Very it's like a live marching band a live show you know, everything's created live and everybody is carrying an instrument. The drums yeah. are all mounted like marching band drums, you know? And so they're creating patterns and formations on the stage as they're walking around playing these songs. There's lights and some projection stuff. It's really amazing. Yeah. So it's you know, like I said, you stumble across people from time to time. You're like, man, I got to watch some YouTube clips, you know, hear some interviews and, Listen to some songs. He kind of just, you know, sometimes you stumble across people, and he's been one of those people for me recently. So, mm-hmm. very good. Well, let's do a palate cleanser. Um, we got <laughs> one more thing I want to talk about because, unfortunately, I'm getting serious again. I'm talking about old, you know, talking heads and autism, which is good. It means a lot mm-hmm. to me. But we're here to be silly and be goofy and say things that we'll get canceled and fired for. It'll be great. Um. Got in a discussion at work about this. It was interesting. I've seen nothing but Wordle. Oh um, my gosh. Wordle. I haven't tried it. 
I'm sorry if I'm if I'm following you on Twitter. I don't need to know your Wordle score. Like I'm, I'm trying to figure out. Like I follow Wordle NFL is people. the new Farmville. All right. Yeah. From like, when when I first started using Facebook 150 years ago, when everybody else did, and everybody got real crabby because people would post Farmville requests and whatever else. Wordle is exactly the same thing. You are obnoxious for posting your Wordle score. I don't care. Turn it off. Don't well, post. And, and here's my issue, okay? Field Yates, I'll pick on him. He's an ESPN commentator respect. He talks about the NFL. He's posting his Wordle score. I'm sorry. You know, and I, I take offense like where people say, like when LeBron talks about social issues and people say, stick to sports. That offends me. I mean, LeBron's got the right to, you know, give his opinion on other stuff. He's a human I think the being. same would be true for movie stars. It, right. it starts to bother me that the movie stars aren't allowed to be people who are informed about their world. Right. But if somebody like a Field Gates is posting his Wordle score, I'd say, dude, stick to ESPN stuff because that's not like you're speaking out in favor of social justice. You're just posting some game story that we don't care about. Um, you hear people say, we don't care about your fantasy football team. Same thing about Wordle. I, I don't want to know how your fantasy football team does, and I don't want to know what you score on Wordle. Why does it matter? You know? Yeah, and I feel weird. Like, I don't want to unfriend people over posting their Wordle scores, but. Uh, and when somebody's posting more about, you know, a sport I don't care about or some get really into political conversations that I don't really want to be involved in, I know that, oh, the election's coming up in a month, so I can just silence this person for 30 days yeah. and that'll be over, you know. I can well, I silence somebody now because I don't want to hear about the NFL playoffs because the Steelers are no longer in them. So I don't care. So I can silence people now <laughs> and not well, have to deal with that stuff until after the Super Bowl's over. I know on Twitter you can ban words from a conversation. Yeah. So I'm thinking we can go into Twitter, type in the word fact, wordle, and we may not ever see it. And that word. helps because it's not an actual word. Right. Now, with Facebook... I'm not sure if you could do that. I, I only had to do that once. Uh, a friend of mine, and I'm embarrassed to say this, hopefully I don't remember, um, posted a picture of a kid, after, a kid after he pooped himself in the bathroom. And I'm like... Their own kid? Weird. Yeah, it was really Ooh. weird. I mean, you weren't seeing, like... No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I don't want to see a kid poop. Yeah, it's just weird. I don't know. Yeah. So we all like, I, don't, I don't want to see that. Yeah, we we all post goofy stuff. I'm sure if you know me, you're out there. You're like, I can't believe Chris posted this five years ago. I mean, we all do, but yeah, that was. Weird. Oh yeah, I don't want to go back to the stuff that I posted five years ago. And I think I found a way to block poopers. I, I don't know why I did, but uh, thankfully I'm not seeing it anymore. It's all good. So <laughs> yeah, but but Wordle, I, I'm not sure how to play it. You know, I'm not gonna. It's rip a it. it's a game that is. It reminds me of like Mastermind. Do you ever remember Mastermind, that game from like the 70s and 80s? Where there's like a sequence, and there's like a four thing okay. sequence, and you put in and you try to get it as to whether or not. So if you know if it's four four colors, say four red things, and I, I guess that it's a white one, a yellow one, a red one, and a green one, 
then you would put down that I have one of them that is the right color and it's the right placing of it. But right. I don't know which one it is. So you have to continue to, to move them around. I guess with Wordle, it tells you if your letter is in the right place or if it is a letter that's in the word but in the wrong place. Yeah. Well, here's and everything thing. else is not in this word at all, so don't bother trying those letters again. If you're in the Wordle, <laughs> fine. If you want to post it, fine. I'll figure out if I want to follow you or not. But but here's what I'm thinking, Joe. And you know this. We're about the same age. The older we get, things get crazy in life. How much time do you have for crap in your life? I mean, okay, you're a dad. So your family, you know, from your right. relationship to your wife to your kids, that's obviously a plate you got to keep spinning. It's important. Mm-hmm. You need to put your, your heart into that. Um, your church. You know, and when I say church, I'm talking about your faith too. So that's important. You got to keep that plate spinning. If it's volunteering, reading the Bible, whatever else that case might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, your work, you know, you're working, I'm working. Uh, you know, we've got a priority to our full time job. Um, honestly, Joe, my entertainment is watching the Steelers, which it was disappointing this year, and watching streaming TV with my wife late at night. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's four. And not as important, but hey, it's been time with my wife, and it's something I enjoy with the Steelers. Uh, and five, you know, we do this podcast stuff, which I enjoy. But that's five plates, dude. I don't have room for a six plate in my life to play Wordle, or you know, or if you suggest something else to me, and that's right. fine. Somebody out there say, well, hey, you know, I'm not married, or I'm out of work right now. Hey, if you got time to do Wordle, that's fine. I, I just don't have time to take on anymore or stuff like that. You know? Yeah, there's no reason to do it to feel right. like you're pressured that you have to do it. There's really no reason for any of that. Right. Um, so as a part of a spiritual discipline thing with my church, uh, one of the things that we've been doing during the month of January, we've been talking about Daniel. They've been talking about fasting and they've talked about spiritual discipline in terms of using time that you would be using for entertainment things for um, things that are more spiritual, adding more to your prayer life, adding more to your studying of scripture, that kind of stuff. So one of the first things they sort of asked you to do is to consider um, fasting or reducing the amount of like mindless entertainment. Right. So that's going to be binge watching television sh- series that you've watched 12 times. That is right. a calming effect thing. Like it's, that's basically what it is. It's a palliative. You take this, you watch this thing and it just calms you because you already know what the story is. So it's not right. Right. Yeah. It doesn't reduce anxiety because you're aware of it. And if it's a good comedy, then you get some laughs out of it as well. Um, so you try to reduce those kinds of things. And the thing I felt most convicted about, I had three games on my phone that were longer story kind of games where you have to do this one little thing and then you gain uh, a gold or whatever. So you keep doing multiple games to earn the gold to be able to buy this other thing. And so you're you're building towards this larger thing you're trying to be able to open up and play new levels of. Um, just as an example, I had three different games. One of them was a baseball game. One of them was... Uh, like gardenscapes or something like that. And I started Farmville three and I had been pouring a lot of time into those kinds of games and they were hard to escape. 
because once you start playing one thing, it'll take 30 minutes before you're able to to redo oh, yeah. another thing. So between three of them, you'd spend time on this one. And while that one's regenerating, you go to the next one and whatever else. So it was killing me. Like I'm spending way too much time, especially in my off hours when I'm at home and just vegetating on the couch instead of really engaging with my family or even right. properly sleeping. Um, not so much while I'm working, but, <laughs> but during those off times when I could have been doing anything else that was going to be more positive for me. So the big thing was deleting those things and getting those things out of my life. And it's been really helpful. I may have picked up playing more of a game like Wordle, which I, right. is a shorter thing. I don't play Wordle, but like Wordle, where it's a shorter game where you can play a short game. It takes a couple minutes, like a Sudoku may only take, you know, three minutes or five minutes to complete instead of 30, which becomes three sets of 30. And it's an hour and a half later. Yeah, there's more outs with what I'm saying in a game like Wordle, where it might be less destructive than something that takes a lot more time. Well, I think, too, it's kind of like, okay, what are you doing things for? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm 47. I got a video game unit. I'm too old to have a video game unit. And (laughs) I I play Madden to clear my mind sometimes. I don't play as much. Do you play it like I've played games like not that one, but like that before Play it on a relatively easy level where you're not necessarily as engaged in the like, oh, this is difficult. I have to accomplish this thing. It's things I have to accomplish, but they aren't that hard to accomplish. You're going to think of me as the biggest moron in the world. No, I I feel weird saying this. I I feel like I'm like almost admitting to liking Wordle a ton I have enjoyed with Matt. I set user for all the teams. I played throughout a season where each game I pick one team and play all the offensive plays for that team. Okay. I can get through a game like 15, 20 minutes. I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. And then like I my cut a player at the end of the game if he's not doing well or make a trade or something. And it's so it's like more simulation based, and I'm like, man, what am I doing with my life? So I haven't played the Madden game as much, but it's funny because I wasn't buying games for a while. But I'm trying to connect with my 15 year old. You know, he's nonverbal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a very nice kid. It's just hard to know what to tell him. I mean, he's not like my dream was with a son. We'd sit and watch Steelers games, and and he's not. He's not interested. Yeah, I mean, he'll sit and watch if I ask him to, mm-hmm. but he's not a football fan. I mean, yeah, it's fine. He doesn't have to be. But I'll, yeah. I'm like saying, what can I do with you, bud? Can we play catch or whatever? Uh, he's more of a, I'll sit in my room and be a, a tech guy all day. So we, I buy like two racing games where uh, me and him and me and the nine year old will sit down and we'll race, yeah. and that's been kind of fun, but. Mm-hmm. It's just been a crazy different time. I have a hard time finding the games that I can play with my kids because either they're ones that are too complicated where I just can't do the whole sequences of all of the all the buttons or they're too simple and they're just kind of dumb. Like I think finding probably finding a racing thing might be better. I can't play the games with them, but I've had several games where just like a long form game where the the tasks are pretty easy i kind of zone out 
um, when I was in grad school, where I was did grad school for dramatic writing, writing plays and, and films, I would play a game like Civilization, Civilization 2, which at that point, I think, was still several versions past. Like, it was easier than the ones that were active at the point. Um, I'd play a game like that for hours. And I could play the game for a while and then like have an idea for the writing thing and pop over and write something for a little bit. And then in between, it was like this thing that I did almost like a Zen thing. I knew I could accomplish all the tasks that were required by the game very easily. It was just a sequence of them and it would take a long time to do. So that game and Dune on the Sega Genesis, they were like world building type games, but they took a lot of time to do. <laughs> yeah, it, I've got Xbox it was One. It was chilling out. Which is nice, but it's not a ton of games for the Xbox One. And 80% mm -hmm. of them is like the shoot em up games that I don't yeah. want them playing. I really don't want to play right. myself. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's different, but it, it's been good. Um, Yeah, we got in the video game segment. We got on that from Wordle, right? Yeah, very, very interesting. So. Uh, it's been good. Well, hey, um, this is good. We got a little silly and uh, we said some crazy stuff, but hey, we survived. And like I said, we're, we're very tongue-in-cheek. Um, let me do a couple real quick promos before we get into our other programming. Uh, behind the Steel Curtains, Pittsburgh Steel Power Half Hour, we're kind of producing that ourselves. We're sharing it behind steelcurtain.com. Uh, tonight, we're actually going to tape two brief episodes. Uh, talking about what's next, Steelers Java playoffs. Um, now that the season is over for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right. Yeah, you know, what's next? So we'll record those. We'll talk about various positions of one. And well, we'll talk about the big question. Who's QB1? I mean, Big Ben's not officially retired, but he's retired. And If he next? came back after all of this stuff, oh, my gosh. All the tributes and all the whatever. I, I saw a tweet from someone saying, "Oh, watch! He's gonna be he's gonna go to the Colts." No, he's not. He not. He doesn't want to move. I mean, that's the issue. He's like me. I don't want to move right now. And sure, Ben feels the same way too. You know, it's like enough. I, I'm at my house. I'm okay. You know, so I don't know. Um, some other uh, programming this week. Our YouTube show. Uh, Joe, have you ever heard of a guy named Zach Hample? No. He's a YouTube baseball guy, which you know, lost me at baseball because I'm not a big baseball guy anymore. But he goes to major league ballparks across the country. Uh, he tries to catch foul balls. He's got a way of catching foul balls. Um, he's caught home run balls. He's asked players for balls for the game. He'll throw them up a ball. He gets about 20 baseballs a game. So he has a YouTube channel talking about his story. Um, Joe Castle and I, we watch one of the videos comment on it and um old zach campbell tweeted us back he was very appreciative so i don't know nice it was interesting i i like the guy but i kind of felt like hey this isn't for me but if it's your boat go for it you know i don't know you know me in college i'd be yelling at you if, if you did something i didn't like now i'm more like hey if you're not being immoral or you know doing stuff weird whatever you know go to baseball and do what you gotta do balls. yeah Whatever the case might be. And then we also have our Frazier and Seinfeld Rewatch podcast, as well as uh, our collaborations. We uh, partner with Public News Service. We try to get some news each day. 
and Dustin Tatro. Uh, Joe, you got to listen to this guy's show. Uh, he has a syndicated Christian rock program. And I listened to it, and it's wild, crazy Christian rock. But it was interesting. Uh, Dustin's got a good heart for God. He's actually the pianist uh, or the organist for the Texas Rangers. Kind of a yeah. wild story. So. Nice. Very good. All right. Well, well Joe, uh, good checking out with Excedra. Joe and I are going to record two more shows. Check them out in the Ohio and the Behind the Steel Curtain Network as we talk some Steelers. Have a great day, everybody. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.